This spot is brought to you by Eaton Vance, the symbol of advanced investing. What's inside your ETF? With Parametric Equity Premium Income ETF, you know. Inside, you'll find institutional expertise from a specialized team with deep derivatives experience. Get to know what's inside PAPI, the symbol of alternative income, at eatonvance.com slash symbols. Before investing, prospective investors should carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. The current prospectus contains this and other information and is available at eatonvance.com. Read the prospectus carefully before investing. Not FDIC insured. Offer no bank guarantee. May lose value. Not insured by any federal government agency. Not a deposit. Investments involve risk. Principal loss is possible. Distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LLC. This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser. Cybersecurity, you hear a lot about it. You're going to hear more about it, obviously. Uh, you look, you had the big hack at Equifax. You had the big hack at the SEC's Edgar database. What does it all mean? Where is it all going? Can you trust the repositories of your information? Welcome to Money Beat. I am Paul Vigna. I'm Stephen Grosser. And we're joined in the studio today by Wall Street Journal reporter Alexander Asapovich. Alex, how are you? Doing well, thanks. And joining us on the phone, Wall Street Journal reporter Kate Fasini. Kate, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. So, uh, Alex, let's start with you. Why don't you just kind of tell us where we stand right now? I mean, there's been a lot of news, a lot of information. Uh, people may have some trouble even wrapping their heads around it all. Where, where do we stand right now on certainly the SEC front? Yeah, so all this stuff around the SEC's Edgar system started last Wednesday uh, when the SEC disclosed that its Edgar system had been breached last year and that this breach may have been used to generate some sort of illicit trading profits. Uh, Edgar, uh, just to recap, is a defiling system where all public companies in the U.S. file their earnings reports, uh, market moving information, news about you know uh, management changes, stuff like that. Uh, and generally, when you put stuff in Edgar, it goes public. But what appears to have happened here is that the hackers got hold of some documents that were filed into Edgar that were not public yet and were able to trade ahead of that. Uh, there appears to be uh, an issue with a piece of Edgar functionality that involves test filings where you can put in a test filing and then uh, see if it works and then have it released for real later on. Sometimes companies apparently put in the real thing into these test filings and then that creates this thing that's sitting there that somebody could use to trade off if they had it. One of the questions I have for you is, is, is the way the SEC disclosed this. This was late, I think a week ago, last Wednesday, and it was a paragraph in what, a five-page press release about? Yeah, it was a giant statement about cybersecurity uh, released uh, in the evening on Wednesday uh, before a major Jewish holiday. Uh, and it, it really felt like they were trying to bury it. I mean, I was uh, chasing the story on Thursday and Friday. I can tell you that it was very hard to get any information from the SEC about it. Uh, and uh, as usual, these things kind of backfire and actually result in yeah. more information in detention being paid and otherwise. They had hearings about this. Uh, what what were what was Congress, I guess, reaction to how the SEC handled the disclosure? Yeah, uh, yeah Congress was mad. Uh, the senators were raking the new chairman of the SEC, Jay Clayton, over the coals about this. He did get a little bit of a pass because he is new. He's a Trump appointee, just started in May, and the breach actually happened under his predecessor, Mary Jo White. Most of the heat he was taking was of, over disclosure. When did you know this? When did you disclose it? Et cetera. What I mean, I, and I guess like. Let's you know just sort of expand on what actually you know happened and 
the sort of, I guess, the how bad is this? What's the extent of, uh, you know, how much should investors and companies be concerned? It's very hard to say because the SEC has disclosed very little information about it. Uh, they did say that uh, they were conducting an enforcement investigation and the enforcement guys at the SEC figured out that this breach, which they had actually known about for a while, might have had something to do with the illegal trading activity that they were looking at. Apart from that, there's really not much sense of, a, of you know how big this is, what companies were affected. Might not be that big a deal, but the fact that Edgar, which is the central piece of financial market infrastructure, was hacked is alarming to a lot of people. Right, and then uh, Kate, I want to bring you in on this. I mean, the, one of the similarities between Equifax and Edgar, besides the fact that they both start with the letter E, uh, you're basically talking about two gigantic databases that hold just r- almost ridiculous amounts of information, and th- those are just extremely valuable targets to hackers. That's right, and this is something that this that both of these incidents is really bringing to light. Uh, it's got the, con, the the consumer audience worried about having so much information about people in one place, and of course the business audience worried about there being so much information in, in government databases and regulatory databases, really in any kind of database. Um, when uh, you know security is just sort of one uh, one accident or one misstep away from. Uh, something being hacked. There's a, a kind of a general concept in the field of cybersecurity um, that, that, that centers on devaluing the data. So people have been talking a little bit about, you know, maybe we shouldn't put everything in the same place. Mm-hmm. It, it causes this data to be worth so much, and obviously people are going to want to hack it. Maybe some of it should be segmented or, or cordoned off. Um, I think that that's what's come up with the consolidated audit trail uh, that we, we did some reporting on um, that uh, the SEC is constructing uh, a new database of information on huge amounts of huge amounts of information on individual trades. And I think Alex can probably shed some more light on what that is. Um, but in general, people are trying to express some worries. Did you talk about, you know, the consolidated audit trail or CAT? Because this came out of the 2010 flash crash, right? Uh, yes, the the cat, as people call it, has a long history. Uh, after the flash crash, when the the Dow dropped around a thousand points and bounced back up most of the way within like a twenty minute period, people were you know understandably befuddled and trying to figure out what happened. And one of the things that came out of that was they realized, wait, we don't really have a good way of reconstructing forensically what happened in a situation like this. And the cat was supposed to be this big integrated database of all stock and option trades in the U.S. Timestamp down to the you know microsecond uh, that you could use to go and retrace who did what. Uh, and one of the key things about it that was a feature built in early on, but also has worried people, is that you would have personal identifying information about the traders initiating trades. So you could figure out if there was a suspicious trading pattern, there was manipulation. Okay, who was behind it? Uh, but of course, in the post Equifax, post Edgar era, now people are thinking, hey. Does that mean somebody could hack into the cat and get that information? And what could you, they do with that? I guess that's the next question. Does this – I mean – Well, cat, yeah, OK. That is the next question. You're right, Stephen Grosser. Uh, but I think actually before we get to it, let's just take a break because that's yeah. kind of a, a good place to, to take a break because we do have an important message for you. When we come back, more on your cybersecurity, your data, what it all means. You are listening to Money Beat from The Wall Street Journal. This spot is brought to you by Eaton Vance, the symbol of advanced investing. 
What's inside your ETF? With Parametric Equity Premium Income ETF, you know. Inside, you'll find institutional expertise from a specialized team with deep derivatives experience. Get to know what's inside PAPI, the symbol of alternative income, at eatonvance.com slash symbols. Before investing, prospective investors should carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. The current prospectus contains this and other information and is available at eatonvance.com. Read the prospectus carefully before investing. Not FDIC insured. Offer no bank guarantee. May lose value. Not insured by any federal government agency. Not a deposit. Investments involve risk. Principal loss is possible. Distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LLC. For more insights, enable the Wall Street Journal skill on any device with Amazon Alexa. Get all of our podcasts, as well as the latest news and market updates. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously. Welcome back to Money Beat. We are speaking with Wall Street Journal reporters Alexander Osipovich and Kate Fazzini about uh, Edgar Equifax, the hackers, what it all means, where it's all going. I mean, these are really uh, – these are large, large issues and, I, and everyone's known about them for years. But it seems like – I don't know if it's just because the two were were disclosed so close to each other, Alex, that it seems like these are bigger issues. But certainly, uh, Grocer, what you were going to ask right before the the, the break kind of gets to where where the next issue is here. I'm sorry, oh, I interrupted you. So no, I, I will actually. You know, now that I have time to think of it, I'm, I'm going to take a little bit of a step back. I mean, the SEC has, I mean, for for its history, has always struggled with funding to do, you know, re- regulation. How much uh, of this sort of, you, you know, the struggle for funding from the government played a role in the cyber wow. attack and sort of keeping, you know, cyber, their cybersecurity updated? And the other thing, too, is the follow-up question I have related to CAT is CAT's expensive and, and wasn't always fully supported does that mean that you know it's going to you know it will stop getting support from the government to do this? So uh, with the CAT specifically, uh, the CAT's funded by fees paid by people in the industry, which, which have been is foisted sorry, on uh, them. Okay. Consolidated, consolidated audit trail. Yes, the consolidated audit forgot. trail. This is yeah. the massive database of all U.S. Right. Uh, stock and option trades that will help people reconstruct the next flash crash. Uh, it's expensive. Uh, it's also being borne. Uh, the costs are being borne by exchanges and big brokers and so on. Uh, okay. And they've, while they supported initially, many of them have been quietly lobbying against it more recently. And some of them have been bringing up this cybersecurity issue, uh, possibly as a way to kill it. In any case, the cat's uh, happening fairly soon. Uh, it's, the first phase of implementation is actually in November. And Jay Clayton indicated today at the Senate Banking Committee hearing that he was not in support of a quote timeout, as some people have suggested. Hmm. What about just funding to the SEC in general? I mean, Clayton seemed to suggest that they need more, you know, to gird against cyber attacks. Um, how much did that play a role in exposing the SEC to a hack like this? Well, I think one of the uh, realities of Edgar and things that people, something people knew even before this hack, but now has become front and center, is that. Edgar is a rather old, antiquated system. Uh, it actually dates back to the 80s, uh, first went online, put on the internet in 1994. Uh, and while it is something that the SEC has tried to invest in, uh, just because it's a very big, complex project, you know, it is, is, it's hard to maintain. Uh, it's information, work is farmed out to a lot of different vendors and so on. And it's sort of a creaky system. And uh, the SEC has spent money on it. I think in terms of funding, uh, 
Clayton did ask for a bump in funding today. He did sort of say, hey, you know, the cybersecurity thing is real. And while he wasn't in favor of increasing the SEC's budget before, he is now. Uh, and cyber as a big reason for that. You know, Kate, I want to I want to bring you back in here, Kate Fazzini. It seems to me, and I think a lot of people think this too. I mean, you hear SEC, Securities and Exchange Commission, that is an, a branch of the U.S. government. Equifax, I mean, a, a large publicly traded company. You know, everyone knows what they mean in terms of, of the credit industry. They're a big player over there in terms of credit scores. And then you have – so you have that on one side and you have hackers on the other. And I think a lot of people think of hackers and – you know, these these can be sophisticated actors, but usually you think they're like, you know, little crypto anarchist nerds who are just working on their home computers. Why are hackers having such, such success going up against outfits like the SEC? So uh, the, the SEC, there's a lot about the SEC hack that, that does remain to be seen. Um, and there, there were sort of two very different things going on here, but I'll, I'll speak generally about why you see this happening, and it's because um, th- there's, there are so many vulnerabilities. The, the vulnerability, um, and when I say vulnerability, I'm, I'm speaking specifically about um, flaws and software that these companies are using and that hackers are able to exploit and uh, you know, get, get through those defenses. The, the one in the Equifax hack was a well-known vulnerability um, in an open source software called Apache, um, Apache Strut. Now, there was a patch for that. We actually wrote about it, um, a patch available for that very serious vulnerability back in March. But apparently that just slipped through the cracks uh, at Equifax. And that's what led to, you know, the, with a massive data breach mm. you see there. This, this particular flaw allowed somebody to have some very serious um, access to, to really deep within uh, any company that, that still had it unpatched. Um, it appears there was another kind of flaw. The software was custom-made, uh, as um, Commissioner Clayton said in the, the, his testimony today uh, at the SEC. Um, but, you know, some of the same kinds of issues there. Uh, there's just so many different kinds of software, lots of flaws, and hackers can just kind of have a field day. There's a lot of stuff out there. Kate, we all have kids, too, so, I mean... <laughs> It sounds like my two toddlers. It sounds like home. Nice. It sounds like home. It yeah. makes me feel comfortable, Kate. The one, the question I have for you, Kate, too, is, and obviously CEOs have talked about this, but the SEC and Equifax hack sort of raised this. How much of a focus and a threat to corporate America is this? How much are like you know CEOs focused on cybersecurity, uh, you know, now and over the last few years? I think they're. I think they're very focused on it. But I think that there's just such a flood of both information and and now a flood of experts um, who aren't all speaking the same language. And, and you have CEOs who certainly don't speak the language. Uh, you have a lot of vendors who want to sell products that, um, you know, are perfectly willing to say that their product is the solution to all of a company's problems, which is something a CEO definitely wants to hear. Um, you know, these are major shifts that, that require a lot more than, than software. They require organizational changes, rethinking how companies build their own products. It's, it's a seismic shift that's just going to take time. I think um, CEOs are definitely focused on it, but they're not quite there yet in um, their understanding. And, and, oh, I'm sorry, Alex. Yeah, I'm going to jump in and say one thing about that. Uh, one of the ironies of this Edgar hack is CEOs are focused on cyber now, and a lot of that is because of the SEC, because the SEC 
has been uh, chastising companies for not doing enough to disclose cyber breaches, uh, has been investigating whether failures to disclose cyber breaches uh, were non-disclosure of material information. And so SEC was giving heat to a lot of companies that regulates it. And then it was disclosed that the SEC's own house was not in order. Yeah. That's one of the uh, great yeah. ironies of this situation in my mind. You know, I want to ask both of you, again, talking about who's doing this. I mean, I think we have this image in our heads of, you know, like like uh, you know, Mr. Robot, you know, this guy in a hoodie who is this lone computer genius, just, you know, is a bad actor. But, I mean, do, do we really have a sense of, of who is committing these hacks and, and – whether they are that sort of rogue actor or whether these are sophisticated players? I, mean, I, I love the term bad actor, too. I always think of Polly Shore whenever somebody <laughs> <says> that. <laughs> no yeah, problem then. Um, but there's, there's really, I would, I would put, uh, you know, no, okay, there's not a, um, they're not just a bunch of like 20-year-old guys in, in hoodies. Yeah. Some of them probably are. Uh, but you have kind of three different factions operating. Um, there's, I guess that's sort of the lower level is sort of like the troublemakers. Um, you saw it maybe five years ago with some of the stuff that uh, people who uh, call themselves anonymous would do. Mm-hmm. Um, they just like to cause chaos. They're not really doing a lot of high-level, high-value uh, high kind of targeting. Um, and then somewhere in the middle, you have the, the kind of criminal organizations, the people who are um, just out to get money. This is where you have like ransomware and things like that. And they're a lot more sophisticated. These are people who actually operate call centers. Um, wow. <laughs> if you're a target of their ransomware, um, a lot of times you'll get a phone number you can call. They'll explain to you how to get Bitcoin. They have customer service. <laughs> you oh, know, the, it's, they're, they're, they're real business operations. Yeah. Um, they're criminal, but they're business operations. Um, and then you have sort of the nation state layer of uh, countries that are, uh, you know, funding some of these operations. They have ulterior motives in allowing the criminals to, to move freely. And, um, and you know, you have some also operators like North Korea who sometimes just listen to cause chaos or hmm. um, intimidate. Yeah, one thing I'd add to what Kay was saying is just uh, it, there have been a few past cases like this that have come to light. And many of the t- uh, these times it has been somebody international has been attacking U.S. financial markets. In uh, 2015, there was this case where uh, a 37-year-old Bulgarian uh, managed to submit a fake Edgar filing from Avon, the cosmetics yeah. uh, company, I remember that. and caused a big pr- uh, yeah. spike in their uh, stock as a result of a, a deal that was being discussed before it turned out that it was fake and everybody realized it was fake and the stock fell back down. There was also uh, the same year, I believe, uh, there was a case where some hackers, it was a, a loose network that was based in the U.S. and also in Eastern Europe, uh, that uh, were hacking into the newswire release companies to obtain draft news releases before they went out, which is sounds similar to what might have happened here in Edgar, although we don't quite know that yet. Just one quick question: What are there any particular sort of group, like sectors or you know companies, types of companies that are dealing with cybersecurity better or seem to be further along? And sort of recognizing the threat and you know erecting sort of defenses against it. Um, I don't know. I, I, I would I would hesitate to say anything because any any company that goes out there and says, "Hey, you know, we are number one most cyber secure company out there," they are going to get yeah. hacked. The next As I was saying that, I sort of was like, "You could be proved wrong tomorrow." <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know if Kate has any thoughts on that. If you're looking at industries. The, the industries that have been really heavily regulated 
for a long time are the, the defense industrial industries, so the, the Lockheed Martin and the people who make tanks and stuff like that, um, very, very sophisticated cybersecurity operations, and, and the banks, um, just by necessity because they've been so heavily targeted. Um, the banks also, financial sector generally has a very robust information sharing capability, um, meaning if there's a hack at a big bank, they have a way to share that information anonymously with, with another bank so that, um, you know, they, they can be forewarned. That doesn't exist in, in most other industries. And, and for that reason, I would say those sectors are, are probably better prepared than most. Interesting that Equifax did not come under the purview of, of those heavy regulations and, and other uh, types of organizations that the, the financial services industry share. And I think that's probably going to change. Kate Fazzini, Alexander Ozopovich, thank you both for your time. Appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you. Everyone, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you soon.